As a young teen, Mary became a follower of Jesus after reading Focus on the Family's Brio magazine. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't have that. I'd really like to know what that's about. And so it was, it was an inward decision right there that I made in my room after reading you know, this article in the Brio magazine that I want to have that kind of walk with God that this girl is talking about. For 30 years, we've helped Mary grow in her faith. We've strengthened her marriage, and now we're equipping her to be a good mom to her own kids. Like really Focus on the Family has been, and all the, the different resources and individuals, the voices of Focus on the Family, it's really been a mentor to me, to my family, um, and just it's cool to see the legacy. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can save more families like Mary's every month. Please call 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. On our last episode, we heard from Ann White about her marriage, which looked perfect from the outside, but it was crumbling apart. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin Smalley. And Greg, that's a desperate place to be where it's not working. We know it's not working, but where do we turn? What do couples do? I think, unfortunately, couples start to become roommates, married roommates. In the moment that they start kind of living these parallel lives that they, loneliness sets in. And once loneliness sets in, I mean, that, that's a really difficult place to be because often then you're going to turn to some other relationship. It could be kids. It could be one of your good friends, but it could be an opposite sex relationship. Hmm. And loneliness needs to be one of those alarms that's going off that says we need to get help immediately. Yeah. Well, we're going to hear Anne share more of her story as she talks now with Jim Daly. And when you look back on that, it's not that long ago, actually, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that surrender to God, what you were going through. Um, and I think there are many churches that are great churches that are people yeah. are going to be fed in those churches Absolutely. like you were fed through uh, precepts. So the church plays a critical function as well. Absolutely. But I want to concentrate more with you and Mike and where you were at. Was he, what was his attitude seeing you move more closely into God's orbit, reading the word, reading the prophets? Were you having discussions about it? Was Mike intrigued or was he like, what has happened to my wife? (laughs) You know, I think Mike has always loved the Lord. You know, we both have loved the Lord. We just didn't know kind of where we were. And I can't speak for him. Certainly, but what I can say, what I observed was he was busy growing a business, a very successful business. So he had those pressures. He had a lot of those pressures. And so while he loved the Lord and he would go to church with me on Sunday mornings, I was growing deeper and closer to the Lord. And I think it probably put a little pressure on him, probably made him feel a little, um, I know the right word. Outside? Maybe so. Yeah, Just a little outside so. your relationship yeah. with the Lord? Yeah. I could understand that. Mm-hmm. In fact, you went to Israel. I think that was the trip that that surrender actually occurred. Set that up for us and, and speak to the environment, what you and Mike were dealing with, the phone calls you were having, and how God used that separation time, you being in Israel, mm-hmm. I think with your son, right? With our with our oldest son, yeah, what, who was 24 what at the time. So 
that's actually how the book Courage for Life starts out. I start out with that crisis in Israel because I had gotten there, I think right before we left, the night before I left for Israel with this trip, it was a church trip, and there were about 40 other church members. We headed to Israel the night before Mike and I were in our typical argument mm-hmm. because our our relationship not simply because of him, not simply because of me, but simply because of our brokenness and what we were doing to each other. It was a duel. You know, we were both responsible for allowing our marriage to deteriorate. And we were arguing. And we both knew that our marriage was on life support. And we both knew that divorce was in our future. Huh. So as I left for Israel with my oldest son, who knew very little about what was going on in our life because we'd hidden it from our kids as much as we'd hidden it from everyone else, left with um, my pastor and his wife, my son, and 40 other church members. We get to Israel, and after our first day, we come back that evening. And as I talk about in the book, I came back. Blake was on the phone with Mike, and uh, Blake, as he intuitively would have done and did, said, hey, Dad, you want to talk to Mom? And, of course, that puts Mike and I both on the spot. You know, we had been arguing and um, probably needed that break from one another. But I got on the phone with Mike. Blake went uh, back to his room to take a shower. And we proceeded to continue to disagree and talk about what we were going to do about the mess of our relationship and really how we were going to amicably divorce. Yeah. And what stopped that from happening? I mean, when a couple's at that point, in fact, you know, one of the things, John, that we have is Hope Restored, which is an intensive marriage counseling experience for people with an 81% post-two-year success rate. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those things that many of the people that go have actually signed the divorce papers. Mm -hmm. And this is a critical point because some listening right now might be there and that they've just had that conversation. They may not be in Israel. Uh, they they may be at work and one at home, mm-hmm. and they're at this point where they're saying, okay, how are we going to amicably end this thing yeah. as believers? Yes. And that's not the will of God. Uh, that's not his heart for their relationship. How does a person pull back? What happened in your life as an example and as a, a witness to the others listening who might be at that same point? Well, you know, um, Jim, I think... We often try to control our situations, and I know I did. I know Mike um, is a very strong personality and a, a very successful man. He, you know, is in control charger, of all of his life. Yeah, I'm sure. we we had no problem controlling many situations in our life. So we tried to control our marriage, hmm. but we knew at that point. I knew at that point I could no longer control the situation. I had no control. I couldn't save it. I couldn't do anything in my power to save it or to allow it to dissolve amicably. I me, knew, had no clue what to let do. Let me ask you this. Was that, in hindsight, when in that moment, could you see that was a good thing or did you feel it was a bad thing, that you couldn't control your marriage anymore? Of course, at the moment, I thought it was a bad thing. You know, I thought that I could control anything. And it was a God thing. But it was a God thing. God allowed me to get to the end of myself, to where I... I couldn't control anything anymore. So Mike and I actually ended up hanging up. I don't know who hung up first. But but it wasn't friendly. It wasn't a friendly end to that Mm -hmm. phone call when I was in Israel. And I remember just sitting there on the edge of my bed. Blake 
um, had an adjoining room. So he was over in his other room. And I just remember breaking down completely and just begging God. I remember being face down on the floor and just saying, Lord, I have no clue what to do. I don't know where to go, where to turn, what to do. And I said, you've got to help me. And I think that's the sad thing. Sometimes we wait until it's so bad before we turn to the Lord and say, God, tell me what to do. That is a really hard place to get to. But you can sense there's almost a relief involved when you realize that God is the one who answers prayer. So Greg and Aaron, husbands and wives that are relating a little bit to what Anne might have said, what are some steps that they can take to see God move in their marriage? First and foremost, begin praying. Pray individually. Pray about how can I have this conversation with my spouse? It's a hard one to have, but it is worth it. And it's it's going to them and saying, I want more in our marriage, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there. Will you join me? Go to counseling, you know, get in a small group, read a book together, whatever it is that you can do to fight for your marriage, it is worth it. It's hard because many couples don't want to bring that up. They just want to coexist like they have been. The great news is you as an individual can begin focusing on you and own your part of the marriage. You're both 100% responsible for the state of your marriage. Mm. So own your 100% and Go forward with your spouse, inviting them to join you. I love that. I love that attitude because if the problem has been that we've created a facade, that everything is wonderful, then make a commitment to to break that. We're going to start doing the opposite. Instead of pretending that everything is perfect, we're going to start reaching out. Maybe we're going to join a, a, a small group at our church that's studying a, a marriage book. If there's not one, then start one. And in, in pick a good book. Aaron Smalley has some amazing books for couples that they can use within a small group. And, and make a commitment that, that we're going to be transparent. See, transparency is part of what will start to create safety again yeah. within this relationship. To go, you know, we're not going to overshare. We're not going to share inappropriate stuff. But let's start being real with people going, man, we've been struggling lately. And here's what we've been going through. Oh, you're going to have people, your friends, those in your network, or if this is a new group, I'm telling you, you're going to have people that will be so thankful that you were willing. It always takes for one couple, one person to go, okay, listen. I know we love getting together and we do a lot of talking and we break bread together, but we're not doing well. Here's what's going on. And that level of sharing, it it just makes everybody feel safe and they start sharing. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you've got great ideas Mm -hmm. and you're feeling supported. That's the way to begin to recover and build a new marriage, a new relationship, one where we're going to be transparent and authentic and get off Facebook just, just quit. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't. Battle. I did that a couple, a couple years ago. Now I, I'm, I'm on there like once a month, and it's a lot easier to live life without yeah. all of that. You, well, you can't battle that noise. You yeah. know the veneer, the yeah. the facade, the fake. If that's all you're seeing, yeah. so just just take a break <laughs> from that and focus on being real. And you yeah. guys will come back from this. And if you need some help in some some first steps toward getting there, if you just need a nudge toward rebuilding. 
and being honest, uh, get in touch with us here. We have caring Christian counselors, uh, and even the folks that just answer the phone, they're really great. They have big hearts. They'll pray with you. They'll talk to you about resources. Um, They can tell you more about our Hope Restored Marriage Intensives. That's for couples on the brink of divorce um, that find healing. And as the name says, hope gets restored. All of this available when you get in touch, and uh, our contact info is in the episode notes. And our featured resource right now is Ann White's book, Courage for Life. We'll send that to you when you make a generous gift of any amount to this ministry. Well, next time, we're going to hear from Ted Cunningham. He's got some advice for men on how to talk about our emotions. Should be great. I'm John Fuller. On behalf of Greg and Aaron and the rest of the team, thanks for listening today to the Focus on the Family Marriage podcast.